Why, hello. Who it is. It's amazing bumping into you here. What's happening? What is happening? Matthew, well, Matthew, uh, Matthew Arkin, how are you? I'm good. Anthony Arkin, how are you? I'm, um, I'm hanging in there. I want to welcome all of our viewers out there in YouTube land. Make sure you subscribe to this channel. Click the bell so that you get notifications of all of our fabulous upcoming live streams. Um, and uh, like this video to help us keep the lights on. It doesn't actually help us keep the lights on. We're not making any money off of this. We're doing it because we're silly. Uh, and also, uh, if you're watching, you know, join in on the chat. Let us know who you are and where you're watching from. And uh, tonight we're going to talk about. We're, you're asking me, you're looking to me. Yeah. We're going to be talking about uh, 1985's Silverado, uh, a, uh, a movie western uh, western action film directed by and written by Lawrence Kasdan and starring right. probably everybody in Hollywood that was a Screen Actors Guild member at the time. At the time right. Film. And then we're going to talk about some food. And I have some good food. Uh -huh. and, I have, I, and I have a disaster. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into talking about movies, um, I want to ask you a question. Do you have a Google alert on yourself? I, I don't. Do you, you know what a Google alert is, right? I would assume that it's alerting you to whether or not uh, you've paid your some kind of fee. It, it lets you know if you're behind on payments. Is that what it is? No. And now my, my Google device is talking to me in the background oh. because I, I mentioned her yeah. name. Yeah. Um, no, you can you can place a Google alert on yourself uh, in your Google account, and then whenever your name comes up on something new, a news article, a website, or anything like that, you will get a, a notification. So it's kind I'm, of I'm depressed enough, frankly. <laughs> so I don't really think that I need that. Well, a couple of weeks ago. Um, there was an article on uh, an actor, Cote de Pablo, who is uh, stars on NCIS, and she's a big, you know, big star on NCIS. Okay. And there was a, a new web article on her that had a clip from her early career, and I got a notification because it was a, a show called The Street that only ran a couple of episodes. I did one episode, guest star. Talia Balsam and I played a husband and wife who were in the middle of a divorce while our company is going public. Mm -hmm. And Cote de Pablo played my little new, my new girlfriend that I left my wife for. Okay. And I had no recollection that, you know, 14 years ago, this. All right. You know, it was just somebody I worked with for a day, and then and then then she became a big star. And suddenly, Google's saying, telling you that uh, you're being talked to, but discussed in the media, that yeah. some, somewhere. But so that's all to lead into this. A couple of days ago, I get a notice, another notice, and I click on it. Something was for sale on eBay. 
and I'm going to show you what was for sale on eBay because this is pretty darn cool. I have never seen this. Wow. What that, the heck is going on? So that photograph was for sale on eBay. And <laughs> that's I've, ne I've never seen that photograph. Who, who's, uh, who's the woman in the picture? Obviously, that is John Voigt that is in the yeah, middle. Of the that's picture. John Voigt. That's me you, at eight, eight years eight, old. And who's the lady? Okay, you're sitting down, right? That is Jennifer Salt. Her name is Jennifer Salt. She is now a producer. She was an actress at the time. She's a wow. producer and a writer. She wrote um, she wrote um, Nip Tuck and American Horror Story. I, I, I kind of know this. I, I've heard her name and I've seen her stuff as a writer and I know her reputation. And I, I that's, ama that's amazing. Okay. Do you know who her father is? Well, I don't. I don't. Sergeant Pepper. Yeah, no, her father is Waldo Salt. Oh, yes. He won an Academy Award for writing a movie called Midnight Cowboy. That's on which he met a young actor named Jonathan Voigt. And, and Midnight Cowboy had not yet come out when this photograph was taken. Amazing. It was taken in early 69 on the, uh, down in Guaymas, Mexico during the shooting of um, Catch 22. Is that nuts? That's, that is really something. And no. uh, so I showed it to mom and mom bought it. She bought it. Okay, great. And it's a print yeah. of the picture. I'm, I'm assuming yeah. print yeah. is framed. It's a, is yeah, John I don't, find it? I don't, I don't think it will say eat this. I don't think it'll have this eBay thing on it when we get it. So uh, that's fascinating. I'm really curious as to why this picture is for sale. I, I don't really understand why. Um, other, I know why mom might buy it, but I don't really know why anybody else might buy it. Because anybody who collects anything and has anything like that puts it up for sale on eBay because people might buy it. If, if, if I search eBay, there are copies of the Dinner with Friends program that I signed no, 20 I, I, you know, like my program is I, I've heard of eBay. I've heard that people trade <laughs> goods and they buy and sell things on it. I know about that program. <laughs> what I was asking about, though, is why specifically an odd family photo of, of a child with these this couple. who It's just a random thing to be for sale. That's all. It's yeah, not like a random thing to be for sale. Like and, how, and how they would know who that was. Like they would know who John Voigt was. And they'd probably be able to figure out who Jennifer Salt was. But how the hell did they figure out who the little kid is? That's true. That is kind of creepy. Unless it's, I mean, this is clearly a personal photograph taken down there. So maybe it was somebody who was on the crew or set who took it that knew who you were. Well, you know, it's possible. I don't, I don't want to intimate anything. Maybe John has fallen on hard times. He's, you know, looking to make yeah. a quick buck by leaching off of your success which is yeah. not fair it's really it's really kind of what this is all it means but it's it's despicable he could call me and ask me for five bucks he doesn't need to yeah 
Total. I, 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 I met him once. Uh, I, I, he he called. He was trying to uh, unload a, a ticket, a theater ticket, and he 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 asked if Dad wanted to go. And you know, Dad doesn't want to go to the theater. He doesn't really like to go to the theater particularly. No, no. not his thing. He's done that. Uh, and um, so he said, no, I don't want to go. Uh, and and John Voight was like, well, there, I don't want to have no one else to bring to the theater. And and uh, dad was like, well, I don't know. You want to go, Tony? And I was like, uh, OK. So I went to this strange theater piece with John Voight, who I didn't know. We talked a little bit on the drive over there. And it was uh, it was interesting. Well, I hadn't seen him since Catch-22, and then about five years ago, I was having dinner with Dad and Suzanne in Mandaret on Beverly, I heard. And uh, I all of a sudden felt hands on my shoulders, and I turned around, and it was John, who I had not seen in... Since this picture was taken. Close to 50 years, Yeah. yeah. That's a well, little strange that he that he came up behind you and touched you like that without after not having yeah. seen you in fifty years. No, I it was very it was very <laughs> avuncular. Friendly, it was warm and friendly. Okay, it That's, was an avuncular uh, it's touch. Not, it sounds vaguely threatening, is what it sounded like. Like <laughs> no, they were on my shoulders like this, not like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that, just that's like, all the difference. Yeah, that really yeah. is all the difference. It's all the difference. So I just thought. I thought that was a, an interesting story. The 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 uh, the um, kismet of the Google alert. Uh, yeah, and now mom's going to buy that. Or the serendipity uh, of the Google oh, alert. Oh, she's getting a good price on that. It was uh, it was forty four dollars. I well, I think that's that's a that's a respectable ask for that photograph. It's John Void after all, and you. It is John Voight. And uh and and Liv Liv and, Tyler. John Voigt me and Liv Tyler. It's very bizarre. No. <laughs> um she's a very talented writer. She's really great. Yeah, it's amazing stuff. Uh so you know, this is great. I have no exciting news like that. I don't have any cool showbiz stories for you. Um, do you have uh, food recipes for tonight? Are you, we are you gonna get into something later? I'm gonna get into a couple things. Yeah, I have a couple things to share. I, right. uh, would you rather I screen share or send you the picture so that you can control uh, this, like Captain Kirk? No, I, I love it. I love relinquishing control. All right. I don't want to be the boss of you. Uh, sometimes it works out when you boss me around, though. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's a good energy. Um. So you want to talk about this movie? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the movie. Do you want to start with the preview? Yeah, let's do that. I think it's worth showing this to people in case they haven't seen it. We are going to show everybody the previews for Silverado. Here you go. We'll be right back. kill you and you don't want to be dead. You can't be that good. Let's get out! 
town, Emmett. I think we'll just get out of here. No, I know this is your horse. Can't you see this horse loves me? Making a big mistake. That's what I told him. If I brought a pretty lady like that into a place like this, I'd stay close. I think you got a point, Emmett. Maybe I better stay here with her. And we're gonna give you a fair trial, followed by a first-class hanging. I had enough of what ain't right. Some people think they can push you around, but it's only true if you let it be. I don't want you to get hurt. You want one of these? This ought to do. Let's get him! Yeah. Come on. I mean, what? what, Come on. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what, I don't even know what to say, actually. Like, I, I I honestly don't know what to say. I have a little bit of a theory about how this movie was written. That they sat down and they said, what does every good cowboy movie have in it? Yeah. Well, let's, because you, you saw me typing. Yeah. Well, what I was typing was the list of of things oh, that a good okay. cowboy movie has and it's like, Which oh, well we need a stampede. Okay, we're going to stampede all of the things <laughs> with a few interesting and notable exceptions, but I really want to get into that list because it's an amazing it's an amazing thing. This movie takes homage to a to a completely different universe it really does but in the best way to me like just the best way possible yeah now did had you seen this movie before did you see it when it came out well when it came out not since then i saw it when it came out in 1985 haven't seen it since then either and i gotta tell you i didn't get it when i was i whatever i just didn't love this movie when it came out i don't know why I can't tell you why now, because I'm so on board right now. I, I, I would see it again right now. Uh, I, think, I think I know a little bit about why. Well, I do too, but what is your assessment? Well, my assessment is like, well, we had a conversation about the searchers, you mm-hmm. and I, right? In which I kind of didn't get it. And, and I know it is a great movie. Right. I sat down to watch it because uh, it's a great, great. Yeah. Problem. Very problematic. Not, as particularly now. Yeah. Um, but, um, but I didn't get it. And you said like a couple of things that reoriented me to things in, you know, in oh, where yeah. it lives in the, in the pantheon and where right. it lived historically. Right. And, and then I got it and, and I, I feel completely differently about it after, after just two things that you said that made me go, Oh, so I think that in the, in the time since you saw this movie, you've learned, you didn't know the things that it was an homage to as well. 
I knew some of them, but I wasn't as much a fan of the Western genre as I'd become over the years. I, oh, okay. I, 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 at that time, I was much more into sci-fi or kind of art movies. And I was Hollywood movies. I was I, I, I liked some of them a lot, but I don't know. I had a weird relationship with them. I'm a big fan of Lawrence Kasdan, though. What surprised me is that, like, you know his pedigree, right, of what he's done in his career. Yes, but some of our viewers might not, so so educate so, them. Silverado is this, uh, is it was a Western that came out at a time when Westerns were just not getting made. Like, this was out of nowhere. I remember that. Right. And Lawrence Kasdan had made a reputation as a first as a writer because he wrote... Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, little thing called Raiders of the I've Lost heard Ark. Of that. I've heard of that. Uh, which was, from what I understand, his first paid writing gig. <laughs> which is sad. It makes me very sad about my own career and life. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I have to go now. The show's over. Yeah, we're, well. we're done here. <laughs> um, so he, he wrote Raiders of the Lost Ark. He wrote The Empire Strikes Back which is another like, what's happening? He wrote and directed Body Heat, which was his first film, uh, which was, I haven't seen in a while, don't know how it holds up, but it was a huge movie at the time. And he uh, wrote and directed The Big Chill. So those were amazing movies to do like early in your career. He didn't want to write any stuff, anything for anybody else. Like he was only going to, after Raiders and Empire, he wanted to write his own things. And, uh, and he did, and he stuck to his guns. He wanted to write the stuff he was going to direct. And I, I can't, from what I've learned about how movies are made since I saw this film, because I knew some stuff, but that was a long time ago. To think that this is his third movie is insane as a director that he was able to take on something like this at all. Yeah. And he'd also never done action before. He'd written it, but he never directed anything with action in it. His body heat is a noir sex mystery and right. it chills people in a house talking over appetizers and beer. Right. So anyway, the whole thing's kind of amazing to me, like that it got done, that he, that he actually was got a Western off the ground that was this expensive you know, at a time where Westerns, nobody was making them. Uh, and then to take everything you've ever loved about a Western and put it into one movie. Come on. I mean, it, it's like everything you've loved about every Western. But the thing that's amazing about it to me, uh, I don't know if you felt this way, but I, I felt like it, but it wasn't, a, it still was not like a Disney ride. It was a movie. Like, no, you it wasn't a Disney ride, no. It was it not was a, a collection of like tropes, you know, yeah. it was, it's really good. It's like, you really care about all these, all these people in it and their relationships are great. Anyway, did you, did you love it when it came out? I, I didn't, I mean, I, I liked it, but mm -hmm. it didn't knock my socks off. And yesterday it knocked my socks. I mean, I had a grand time. I just yeah. thoroughly enjoyed myself. Yeah, Amelia and I watched it together. We could literally could have watched it. I was looking at a couple of scenes again before this, just to refresh my memory. We could have watched the whole thing again. Um, so, I mean, for those who don't, didn't maybe recognize some of the faces in the, 
you know, in the in the preview. I mean, let's just talk about some of the stars that are in that the people, the actors that are in this movie. Are, I, I yeah. mean, Kevin Klein, Scott Glenn, Kevin Costner's breakout role for yeah. for sure. Danny Glover, who is so great in this movie. Um, John Cleese. Uh, uh, Lynn Whitfield. Lynn Whitfield, exactly. Rosanna Arquette. Uh, the list is huge. I have to like scroll down here. James Gammon, Linda Hunt, uh, Jeff Fahey, Jeff Goldblum. It goes on. Richard Jenkins. It's quite an assembly of people. Oh, and we're forgetting um, the the big baddie, um, Brian Denny. Brian Dennehy as well, yeah. and I'm sure we're I'm forgetting some some people. Brian uh, Dennehy and Brian Dennehy's just having the time of his life. In is this anybody movie. not in this movie though? No. Like, is it, it looks like they're having the best time that they've ever yeah. had. All of them. I was yeah. so jealous of everybody making this movie. I mean, okay, there's so many things to say. First, one of the things that I that gets me that I don't hear talked about a lot is that I'm a big fan of westerns, but there's so many different kinds, right? Yeah. And I'm a big sucker for New Mexico westerns. Yep. I love that that vibe and that that locale for westerns. I love the closeness to the border of it. I love that location for westerns probably more than any other. So right off the bat, I'm excited. Um, about where we're going to be hanging out. Um, now you you're a Western. You studied this stuff. Actually, I studied right? westerns. Uh, I studied with a guy in college, uh, a guy named Richard Slotkin, who wrote a book called Regeneration Through Violence: The Myth of the American Frontier from 1600 to 1860. And then he wrote two sequels to that, like covering this sort of idea of it's slightly a hero's journey, the American version of the hero's journey and facing violence as uh-huh. and taming the frontier as part of our national identity. And I, I took another course with him, actually, that was a history of the American war movie. And he gave one, our midterm in that, uh, was it our midterm or our final? We had to write a uh, treatment for the... Um, quintessential war movie taking everything that we had learned and you know so i wrote a treatment for a platoon movie you know with the the old timer the the guy the sarge who knows the 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 uh the guy who knows how to get everything from from this from the canteen yes. you know cigarettes the guy who's talking about his mom back home and right Monica. And, and i ended the movie i had a thing where throughout the treatment people would mention their girlfriend and anytime somebody mentioned their girlfriend a shot even if they were on leave at home in wichita Mm -hmm. a shot would ring out and the person would would die (laughs) Um, and and at the end of the movie the new kid the the big battle happens and after the big battle the old timer and the new kid find the the sarge the the old you know the the uh, experienced guy mm-hmm. they find the sarge dead in a foxhole and he in his hand he's clutching a letter to his mom and the the new kid says 
or, or uh, uh, a letter to his wife. And the new kid says, I didn't know the Sarge had a sweetheart. And the old timer says, nobody knows they have a sweetheart kid until it's too late. Um, so it's just this stupid, but it was, it was a thing where I decided, okay, I'm going to take everything that's a trope in a war movie and put it into this treatment. And when I was watching this movie, I thought somebody sat down and said, I'm going to take everything that's a trope in a movie. Genius sat down. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I did it like as a goof and he did it really, really well. I've, I've rarely seen anything that has this much reference this many references and this much homage to other things including shots and lines of dialogue characters and wardrobe and all kinds of stuff yeah that that also was completely true to itself yeah it was its own thing that's the magic act of this movie to me i just i really i I was so surprised yeah because every one of them is justified they don't feel like they're shoehorned in no he he knows the 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 genre so well that he's able to make his own thing out of all this stuff. It reminded us both actually when we saw it. it it's very reminiscent of Tarantino to me. This movie. This feels like, and and I don't know if Tarantino likes this movie or not. But there's something about the joy of cinema and and the love of all of it that I feel very similarly about. Yeah. Um. The, also, the screenplay is so t- is so tight it's so good and it's not a short movie it's kind of long but i guess westerns are kind of on the long side yeah generally um there's a lot of sky to cover so i mean there's so much to talk about i i i I, since we're on this thing can i read the list can i read the list let's read the list and and i'll if i have anything to add i'm sure you have everything that i have and then I wonder if we're both on on the same page with something very specific that's that is not touched on in the movie. Well, I have a list of the things that aren't that aren't. Oh, in. okay. Yeah. Cool. As well, it's a shorter list. Yeah, it is far. a shorter list. So okay, right. here's the things that are in Silverado that are Western things. Okay. Someone yells "Stampede," and then there is a stampede. Yes. <laughs> And when that happened, I was like, of course, they have a stampede. And it's a great stampede. It's one of the greatest stampedes in a movie. It's fantastic. There's a river crossing. With the prairie schooners. Yeah. It's a great river crossing. Someone falls down a staircase, which happens a lot in westerns. Yep. Oddly, nobody gets shot and falls off a balcony. Yes, somebody does. He they he gets shot and he falls through the railing into the street. I blinked and missed it. I must have yep. totally missed it. Is it at the end? Yeah. All right, it gets crossed off the list. Because my my note is he gets shot in the chest with a rifle and falls forward through the railing and breaks the railing. Excellent. Excellent. So that gets taken off the list. Okay, great. That's in the movie. Yeah. Uh, a roll and shoot. So there's a duck, a duck and a roll, somersault roll, yep. and shoot. That's a big one. Yep. There are horse tricks yep. in this movie. Lots of there's horse a, tricks. There's a family feud. There's there's feuding there's feuding blood. Yep. There's prison there's a prison breakout or jail breakout. Yep. There's the long wait for the gunfight. The slow long wait 
for the gunfight to happen. Yep. That's always a thing. There's the homesteaders. You got that. Yeah, Jack. yeah. The old cow, the 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 homesteaders versus the the uh, cattlemen. Yeah. Um, you've got a corrupt sheriff. Check. Yes. Yeah. Is there are there shady gamblers? Yep. They're shady gamblers. Uh, how about uh, cowboy brothers who look out for each other? Yep. Yep. Got that. Um, saying goodbye to a lady. There's always a have to say goodbye to a to a lady and go away from a lady in all these movies. Yep. There's a guy in a goofy hat. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> yeah. There's a close-up of a guy spitting. <laughs> as a reaction, as a line, basically. <laughs> there are double crosses. <laughs> yep. There is somebody sleeping by a campfire and somebody sleeping in a cave. Both things happen all the time in Westerns. Yeah. Great thing in the screenplay. There's a ta there's tall tales told about one of the characters in the movie. The story about the dog that yep. keeps getting repeated. Yep. That's classic. I'm doing okay so far because these are things. Yeah, it's all. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's a burning building. Always there's a burning barn or a burning building in a Western. Yeah. There is a jumping on a horse from a balcony. Yeah. There's a crazy-eyed villain. There's always a, a crazy bad guy who has crazy eyes. And Jeff Fahey. Jeff has Fahey has crazy, crazy eyes. Yeah. He's basically Johnny Ringo. Yeah. And yeah. that... Palance thing is that Jack Palance is G Johnny Ringo? Uh, no, Johnny Ringo is um, is uh, in uh, Tombstone. He's a real life character in the in the Wyatt Earp shootout. Okay, right, and also like Jack Palance is also this really crazy, right. crazy looking guy. Yeah. Same character in Yojimbo, who's the the main assassin bad guy in Yojimbo. Yes, and. Exactly. Uh, and also the handsome brother in uh, Fistful of Dollars has these crazy blue eyes. Crazy eyes, yeah. So it's the Jeff Fahey's is perfect in this. Yeah. Okay, so you got the crazy-eyed killer. Um, there's uh, the gallows. Right, a hanging that doesn't happen. There's an interrupted poker game. <laughs> There's somebody who's been left to die in the desert. Yep. There's this gunfighting. Uh, there's a gunfighting practice sequence, target shooting sequence. Right. There's the gunfighter rehabilitating himself after he's getting after he gets his ass kicked sequence too, because yeah. he's bad beaten and he has to get better. Right. Which happens very quickly. Pretty quick. When he finds out that the kid has been taken, yeah, that was such a great movie. All better. Yeah, yeah. He takes the bandana off, and he's yeah, like, I'm, yeah, yeah. The, "Oh, I'm okay now." <laughs> There's the uh, Mon Pa are dead. The Mon Pa died on the homestead. Uh, there's the burned out homestead. They always burn the homestead down. And in fact, yep. they also stole that for Star Wars. So there's a Lawrence Kasdan kind of connection in there a little bit. Right. 
Um, there are horsemen on the ridge. There's cutting off at the pass. There's lassoing. There's a shootout in the center of town. There's stealing back a, your horse and your rig from the guy that stole it from you. Right. There's rifle versus six shooter. There's the dumb wagon train people from the east who were stupid enough to cross over. Right. There's the who just, want, who just want a better life. Right, exactly. But they always make the wrong call. Yeah. Always. Yes. Um, there is the there is then the the plucky homesteading wife who does sometimes survive this uh, thing, though her husband usually dies. Yeah. There's a lot of farewells and then re -meet, re meetings. Yep. Always saying goodbye, hello. There's redemption heavily. There's the whole blood is thicker than water idea. Yeah. There's saving the brother, saving one's brother. There's the corrupt government, and then there's the letter from home, which is the whole Danny Glover uh, yeah. thing. I have two things that you didn't mention. Okay, what did I what did I miss? The rootin' tootin' shoot shooting guys riding in and just breaking yeah. everything up and shooting yeah. in the air. Yeah. yeah. And, and everybody totally running right. and screaming. That's totally right. Yeah. And uh, what was the other one? There was one other. Uh, shoot, where is it? Uh, uh, oh, the square dance. You were right. There's a square dance. <laughs> There's a square dance. Totally right. <laughs> Also remembering the, what I'm forgetting, there's always there's always a smart bookish guy that he that dies in the fire or something who who dies shooting, but he's like the intellectual who's trying to save books or write or something, and he dies in this movie too. Right. Short list of things that aren't in the movie that I thought are notably not in the movie. Well, right, when they set fire to the books, because yeah. learning learning is bad. Learning is bad. <laughs> um and and I love the fact that Lawrence Kasdan lets that guy actually shoot. Like he's not. They usually have like a little, little like little timid guy with glasses yeah. and he's scared. But this guy's like goes out shooting. You know, yeah. I thought that was pretty nice. Interesting omissions though, or decisions not to include. Yeah. There's no buried gold in this movie. Usually someone's buried gold out somewhere and they have to go find it again. I don't think that's in this movie. There's gold and there's a treasure box, but I don't think anybody buries their saddlebags anywhere, do they? No. Oh, and somebody's raising a question because this occurred to me at the end of the movie. Isn't doesn't he live the the husband? He isn't he on the wagon at the end, leaving with the wife and kid? Oh, did he make it? He I may think have. He survives. Then he did. You're maybe right, Sandra. Yeah, yeah. at the very end. Um, I remember him. I remember them taking what I thought was his body out of the out of the burning building. Yeah, I but think I think he was just that. he was badly wounded, shot in the shoulder, but he made it. They, I love the editing in this film, but they did cut this to the bone. And one of the things, like at the end, where it's like they have the family saying goodbye. Yeah, I really felt like they ran out of money, and they were just like, "Just we'll ADR that." <laughs> right. Well, and totally I feel like they didn't, they didn't quite explain. They didn't quite close the loop on the Danny Glover and his sister story, in that it, I didn't know where they were going. 
they didn't yeah. talk about their plan that pro that's that's true they i don't think they did and that, that could have been that sounds like it could have been also something that they shot and cut out because yeah i bet lawrence Kasdan wrote that scene yeah but just didn't include it um okay there's no there's no trains in this movie no train is, and no stick-ups no like you know bank robberies or holdups on a on a train like what you see in a lot of westerns right i mean there's people that steal stuff from each other and get them but there's there's not a traditional like masked guys robbing a thing right there's no bathtub scene somebody's jonah weston is saying that he was taken out long enough for roseanne arquette and kevin klein to have a little fair <laughs> But no, that guy died. Roseanne Arquette's husband died. Yeah, he's, he died. The sister's husband, who, the sister's who husband with the little kid, who turned. Yeah, he lived. But Roseanne terrible. Arquette is single and available. Single and available. And I want to talk about that love triangle because. Yeah. You think Kevin Klein gives up a little easily? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't quite get why he just, you know. Yeah, take her, and particularly since he's now the he's the sheriff and he's going to be around. I have a theory about that. Who's leaving town, and who's staying? Well, Scott Glenn's leaving. Oh, so you have to be in love with the person who leaves. Kevin Klein's good. He's he's going to marry her within 20 minutes of Scott Glenn leaving because they're both they both stay he goes off to have adventures I think that Kevin yeah. Klein's gonna settle down with yeah. her but then there's you know am I wrong or is there a weird thing between Kevin Klein and Linda Hunt it's not weird they'd like I mean, they straight up are totally into each other right okay yeah I think they're I think that they are i i mean I, it's played like a love affair i'm just gonna call it like it is it is it is play and she has my favorite acting moment in the whole movie she's great when what, she, what is it when she realizes that she's the thing that brian Tennehy has over yeah. and she just does there's just a yeah that beautiful that thing that actors do, uh, Eric Lang has a moment of it in in the the series. Um, uh, unbelievable! Whenever an actor can pull off just a moment of realization, where where nothing happens except we see the realization on their face. If I'm not mistaken, she also times it to a camera move, which is when you really got to be impressed. Yeah. It's, Am I wrong? I think she actually, it happens during a yeah, pretty big I think there's just the a going by And she has to do it when it's timed out right. Yeah. So she's crazy talented. We found out, Amelia found out something absolutely stunningly amazing about her last night. Would you like to hear something incredible about her? Yes. She's from New Jersey. <laughs> she's from she New Jersey. better than I thought she was. Did you did you not think that she was like 
from the British Isles and like studied at RADA and did that whole or maybe was from like Australia and done like theater training in Australia. Yeah, no? or or like Austrian or something. Like I okay. thought she was some some interesting weird background. Jersey. Just from Jersey. Amazing. Yeah. Uh doesn't well, seem like nothing it. wrong in the whole wide world when you're in love with a Jersey girl. No. So I think they have a thing going. Um, I really do. But also, interestingly, so there's no bathtub scene. There's no piano player. There's no bar brawl. There's no snakes or scorpions. There's a, there is a, not a huge bar brawl, but there's a fight in a bar. There's not a brawl. No, there is not. There's not a bar brawl. There's There's a fight. There's a lot of shootout in the bar and, and, uh, yeah, but it's a okay. quick shootout. Actually, they Very they don't quick. they don't do the full on thing. There's yeah. no snakes or scorpions. Uh, there's no shooting of your lame horse. <laughs> there's no there's no there's no sad waving child at the end. Like they don't pull that Shane thing, even though they have that kid there. They don't really pull right. that card. Sad waving child. There's no. Um, I hope you will you save this list of tropes and send it yes. to me. Yes, there's there's no um, they really he really just avoids like Indian the Indians completely. That's the there big no thing Native, that I Native Americans here at all, which no. I found to be it's the, it's actually one thing about the movie that I thought I knew why they probably why they did it, but I think it was the wrong way to go. I, I wish there had been a, right. a, a character in it that that challenged this challenged the the. Uh, the cliches as much as Danny Glover's character did in his way, that there were somebody representing, um, you know, uh, the local population that was right. like really cool. And well, I, I think they didn't do it because they did, he wanted to avoid all, all, you know, any cliches and, and he, cause he's, I think was trying to be respectful, but I just wish that he had included that story. Or maybe, he thought, maybe he thought since Joe Seneca was in it, that Joe Seneca's last name covered the Indian. Uh, okay, maybe that's, it. maybe that's it. As long as it's okay with that with them, I, I you know I don't know. There's, another, there's another spectacular actor, Joe Seneca. Which one is Joe Seneca? Why why don't I know um, who he is? The dad. He's um um Danny Glover's father. Oh God, yeah yeah. He's been in a billion things. He's a fantastic. billion movies. Um. There's no there's no civil war reference in this film. Yes? No? I don't remember. No, there's no civil war reference. The the cavalry guys look like they're in blue union uniforms, but they're just cavalry uniform. Um so that that was the list, you know, that's the list of stuff. I, there's almost everything that you've ever seen in a western. It's, it's pretty amazing. I also oh, thought and the, yeah. music. the music is full on Copeland Marlboro yep. glory, glorious hero music from beginning to end. And oh, and then there's one other thing. There's the um, there's the cemetery. There's the great shot at the end where they drop the kid off at the cemetery before they ride yep. into town for the final shootout. And right. that's a great juxtaposition that they are yeah. at a cemetery and heading to the shootout. Yeah. 
uh, music was great. Guy named Bruce Broughton wrote the soundtrack. This is one you should go out and buy because it's just the it's like that classic, classic oh, Western soundtrack. Yeah. He came out of TV. So this guy was writing for Hawaii Five O and Gunsmoke and Oh you know, really? Yeah, oh. All those shows and and like cartoon adventure shows. And um so he really uh I think they they hired him because he could do you could really imitate John Williams really well. They, yeah. they wanted John Williams, but um, beautifully shot. Love the way this movie shot. Like I, 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 John Bailey is not a DP that whose work I could have told you before, uh, like who he was. But I looked him up, and uh, oh my God, the guys made some amazing, amazing films. Um, I'm looking up right now uh, stuff. American Gigolo. Uh, ordinary people, cat people, continental divide, then the big chill, Pope of Greenwich Village. Wow. Silverado. He'd never shot a Western or an action movie before this, which is crazy. Went on to do a ton of other amazing stuff. So the, 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 the heads of the art department are incredible on this. The editor, editing is fantastic. Carol Littleton did, did an amazing job cutting this movie. Then she went on to edit E.T. and oh. other amazing films. Um, just absolutely top-notch uh, team on this film. I want to talk I a little bit. Go ahead. I love that you're talking about the cinematography. I love that they are heading west through most of the movie. Um, through I did a lot. Most of the traveling shots, they are heading west. Right, right to left, heading west. Okay, all right. I didn't notice. I didn't notice yeah. that, but that's amazing. A lot of the time, they're just they're heading west. Um, right to left across the screen. Yeah. Which is an interesting and strange thing because you know what? There's a there's a that's a there's a weird thing about that in movies. That's into danger, also, right? Right it's to left. It's called spooky motion. Right. It is an unnatural for the for the Western eye that's used to reading from yeah. left to right action in a movie that goes from right to left it subconsciously makes us anxious, apparently. Yeah, because it's going against the normal grain of what we're yeah. comfortable it's, seeing. It's into it's into danger. I like that even better than spooky motion, but spooky motion <laughs> is, is I my like new it. internet. I like that's my new it. internet handle. Um, um, question. Go ahead. Well, I, you know, in talking about all these things that are in it and these tropes, I, I, how he designed these four main characters, how Lawrence Kasdan designed these, these archetypal four guys, yeah, is also incredible because there's four main, like hero cowboys in this movie, mm -hmm. and they all have their own special vibe and their own special skills and their own way about them right. and they're all friends in that howard hawks way so there's that great old western feeling of like the team that's friends through thick and thin which you yeah. just i love that and they're friends because they're friends because they're friends they, they love each other they just happen to fall in with each other and then it's yeah. like i'm with you and it's just great yeah. so but i love the way that you could look at older movies and see i think 
how he where he pulled these characters from because they're such interesting archetypes but they're all and i think you can draw parallels to like he was literally grabbing from other uh other western actors and gave them that part right because i think kevin klein is to me clearly like a riff on dino from rio bravo yep without being a drunk he does rehabilitate though you see him re kind of rehabilitate right and he's like a combo of that and victor mature you know from gunfight at the okay corral scott right. glenn to me was real like henry fonda slash clint eastwood to me that was like scott glenn's pocket because henry fonda was always the quiet very capable guy that was going to go out and get some justice on his own terms and he didn't say a lot and neither did scott glenn so i got right. a heavy vibe on that from him costner all steve mcqueen and paul newman it's all butch cassidy stuff right yeah slightly loony slightly loony the kid the kid who's yeah. Glover? who's glover it took me a minute but i figured it out i think who do you think glover's character is I don't know. Charlie Bronson. Oh, yeah. He's he because Bronson often played an, either an immigrant character or right. somebody who wasn't quite from those parts. And he was always just a simple guy that wanted to just go homestead or do something. And they killed his mom and he went crazy. Right. We had a question here about from uh, Sandra Smith about wouldn't it be north and when we were talking about the direction wouldn't it be north and south because it seemed like they were going back and forth between warmer and colder climates but that is <clears throat> she says or is that new mexico weather that is new mexico weather that's high plains yeah it's actually um going up and down instead of uh necessarily north and south because yeah. it gets very snowy even in the summertime up in the high desert yeah our dad um, lived in uh in in new mexico for a while and it was amazing how you'd think, oh, I'm going to visit dad in New Mexico and so you get off the plane and there's three feet of snow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, what other, okay. So, I mean, in a, in a, in a script chock full of amazing one-liners and dialogue. Oh, okay. Yeah. Here we go. Give me what's some of your, what are some of the ones you like? Um, well, uh, the, oh well, the one-liner. I have a I have a lot of script things I want to talk about. The the one-liners doesn't look quite fair. Which way do you mean? <laughs> when Danny Glover is facing off against the two guys in the yeah. bar, and Kevin Klein says, "Doesn't look quite fair," and Scott Glenn says, "Which way do you mean?" Do you mean? So and good. Danny Glover kicks the crap yeah. out of the two guys. Yeah. yeah. Which um, brings up another trope that's in that that is because there's always in the western one tough guy always knows another tough guy yeah they can always know who the badass yeah. is without having yeah. to see any action yeah um so great what else the other line well i don't want to kill you and you don't want to be dead <laughs> which is in the trailer they, they the use trailer. that in the trailer that's classic um what other lines couple of other scripts what what other one-liners do you, are you thinking of there's one there's uh, there was a there was a lot i just stopped writing them down but there's one line in it that says everything about lawrence caston to me and everything about great screenwriting and it's early on in the film and it's when scott glenn 
goes and and Kevin Klein go to the to the to the jail to to finally meet uh, Kevin Costner. Yeah, we finally meet Kevin Costner, and Kevin Costner is Scott Glenn's younger brother, and he's been put in the jail for murdering somebody. He says it was self defense, and he's going to hang the next day. Right, and basically. You know something's up, but you don't know what because Scott Glenn is pretending that, well, there's nothing you can do and you killed somebody and you're going to hang and that's the way it is. Right. And they have this conversation. And Scott Glenn says this line. He says, uh, Lion Pete always said you'd hang. I'm like, which was the code, which was the code, I think, that I'm getting you out tomorrow because you're not going to hang. If Lion oh, Pete says it, it's the truth. It's, it's a lot. Oh, I didn't catch that. That's awesome. Ryan Pete always said you'd hang. You'd hang. And I then guess. he says, and he says, I'll see you at dawn. And John Cleese says, it's at 10. And he says, oh, I thought they were always at dawn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ryan Pete always said you'd hang. Love that line. And There's then great John Cleese. Just oh, one good. other thing. Cleese, Cleese's moment when he says, "By today, my jurisdiction ends here." Yes, just... that one I wrote down. I wrote that down. Today, my jurisdiction ends here, which made me think of um, a great John Wayne line in the Green Berets, which is, even though it's a Vietnam movie, it's kind of a western. Right. Well, and, I've never, I've never seen. I should yeah. see it. John Wayne is going to shoot a Viet Cong spy or sympathizer or something like that. And David Jansen, who plays the reporter who's embedded with the, with the troops, although I guess they didn't say embedded back then, but um, he says, uh, I think it's, I think it's David Jansen says, what about due process? And John Wayne says out here, due process is a bullet. And so the my jurisdiction ends here is like the yeah. opposite of yeah. that. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yes, John Wayne is uh, yes. Another um, guy that doesn't he hasn't made the cut. He hasn't made the cut into the twenty first century. Just no. He got, it's, uh, it's a couple of things with the script that I just adored was uh, the way it comes back where you were talking about Kevin Klein's redemption and his, his uh, coming into his own, mm -hmm. his rehabilitation <clears throat> at the beginning. One of the first things he says is I always figure you might as well approach life. Like everybody's your friend or nobody is don't make much difference, hmm. which is a way of saying I, I'm alone. Yeah, right. Right. I, I just go, you know, mm -hmm. I'm alone. Um, and there's the, and then he talks about missing his horse that they took his horse. And there's that slow push in on him as he talks about missing the horse. Mm -hmm. But so he says that thing about approach life. Like everybody's your friend or nobody is don't make much difference. And then what comes back to him at the end is that, um, Linda Hunt says, um, oh, shoot, I thought I wrote it down. She has this, oh, she says to him, the world, it went, when she says, before she says he can't hurt me if he's dead, she says, 
the world is what you make it. Mm -hmm. So he's like saying, I'm alone and I just go through life and destiny blows me where it blows me. And she says, no, you're in charge of your own destiny. Which and is typified by that when she says that, she's actually walking up the ramp that she's built because she's very short statured. And so she's right. walking up the ramp behind the bar that she's built so she can serve people. So she's adapted her own physical universe. She's also, right. So she's kind of referencing that. Yeah. So it's, it's always this nice visual backups to these things that he's talking yeah. about. Um, the other little tiny thing that I adored was when the the two guys show up who are going to escort the the uh homesteaders yeah and the guy yeah and the and oh what's his name the that fantastic actor who's leading the homesteaders um, yeah oh what's his name i got to find that uh he's yeah also, isn't he also in blade runner he is he's the he's the first replicant we meet in blade runner yeah want to hear about my mother yeah i'll tell you about brian james brian james he's fantastic so brian james hands him the money and he says and and costner and not not costner um uh, scott glenn scott glenn and and kevin klein are watching the exchange and brian james gives the two guys who are going to escort them through indian country that's the only reference to Indians that they're going through Indian country. They're going through dangerous territory with well, prayer. They, they don't say Indian country. They, they don't actually say just Indian say country. territory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he hands them the money and they put they put it in their pocket, or they just take the bag of money. And and Brian James says, Don't you want to count it? And they say, No, we trust you. And they cut to Kevin Klein and Scott Glenn giving each other a look. Because they know mm -hmm. the only reason they're not counting the money is because they're planning to steal the rest of it. Absolutely. It's but it also, smart enough also to play that moment off too so that you think there's a chance that the homesteaders might kill, like that you don't know who's going to double cross each other at that point because the way that that guy, <laughs> it's not, I don't think it's Brian James who says, aren't you going to count it? It's the younger guy who's kind of a tough guy he was like oh, looking right. at them he goes aren't you gonna count it and he and, he, and then he looks at him like he's crazy and right. so in a way you're like almost it's a sleight of hand that he does there so you're done yeah. yeah it's so smart man his script is so smart but i do have so to angry. you know so much of the movie takes place in the saloon so i have to have some of the you know, there's uh, some yeah. i wish i had i wish i had one um do you have a favorite uh, physical gag or moment or or stunt or effect or you know thing that happens in it? There's so many, but uh, it's got to be because I've remembered this all those years later. It's got to be Kevin Costner backing out of the bar and looking both ways yeah. and then just going, "Hey, hey fellas, bam!" Hey. <laughs> yeah, it's classic. It's really a classic. He's classic. so proud of himself. Yeah. Um, they cover about eight. I mean, first of all, the first shot of the movie too. It's so it just tells you everything that's that this is, because it's basically just a slow, long, panning, tracking shot on all the 
on all the storybook elements of Western storytelling. The, all the paraphernalia. All yeah. Stuff. You've got the pot-bellied stove and a fire, and then you got boots and a saddle and a gun and and all the, the things that are like they're like they're like uh, you know Andrew Weck drawings in a in a you know in a, yeah. in a book. Um, or not Andrew Wyeth, but there was another Wyeth illustrator. Um, I love the, uh, I, I, by the time they get to the stampede, which is out in an amazing location, like there's also that house, that safe house, which is in a lot of Westerns, the, yeah. the, the ranch house that they're keeping the kid in when they've kidnapped him. And so they set the stampede on the house to, as a, you know, a way to get in there and get the kid out. And that's an amazing action sequence and the fact that there's more to come after that is really crazy because that's yeah. where a lot of movies would end it yeah um and there's just this one little moment where uh danny glover is on the on a ridge nearby and he's yeah. an expert with the rifle so he's got a long shot and he starts shooting through shooting at the house from up on the ridge yeah and he shoots, the door flies open he shoots the guy in the doorway and shoots again and we cut inside the house and the bullets now are coming inside through the open door and they hit a Chinese boss that's standing up in the middle of the, in the, yeah. middle of the hallway and shatters it. It was, you don't see a lot of action directed like that anymore. I mean, that's, he's stealing from like the Spielberg handbook and from a yeah. lot of the great action director handbooks there, but it's the kind of level of detail and storytelling in in the action it's another great thing that all the heroes use have a different way of ca characterizing themselves through their guns and through how they use their their bodies and how they're how they're active that's also great the great moment where i i think it's scott glenn who doesn't see somebody who's creeping up on him and danny glover shoots the wall next to Scott Glenn's head. Yeah. <laughs> so the Scott Glenn turns around and then sees it's Danny Glover and Danny Glover points and Scott Glenn turns around and shoots yeah. him. Like, yeah. like <laughs> he shoots him right right next to his head to let him know somebody's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Great moment. It's um it's a surprisingly uh uh there's not a lot of gore in this movie. It's almost bloodless for all the shooting and stuff. Yeah. That's that's one thing that'd be very different today. It'd be a much more violent violent movie than it was back then. Oh, it would be it would be all over the place. There would be blood everywhere. I remember something funny that this movie was billed or sold to us back in 85 as more of a comedy than it really is. Do you remember that? Yeah. Uh, the, and there is some some tongue in cheek stuff, yeah, but it's, it's not really laugh riot. Lighthearted, like Butch and Sundance is, but it but it's it's a real western. Like it's not it, there's there's it's not a jokey movie at all. No, but they well, really, all you got to do is go to spoiler alert. We're gonna show the very last gunfight, which is really. Yeah. Talk about an homage to Sir. It's an homage to Sergio Leone and exactly. all of it. It's just, yeah. and the way this is shot is just spectacular. So strap yourselves in. Here we go. Yeah, check this out.
just... This could have been such a sweet deal for us. Yeah. Bad luck. Goodbye, cop. Goodbye, Peyton. The church in the background. Yeah. The church, church. in the background. <laughs> yeah, Dennehy's background is just nothing. The empty void of yeah. dust and horror and the church Desert behind Kevin. Yeah. It's just so classic. And it's a great, yeah, to me, it's a great. Shot of, of the guns, um, mm -hmm. the, the shot of Linda Hunt running yeah. up. Which, um, I haven't seen it in a long time. But I think that's sort of right out of high noon, right? With with Grace uh, Kelly running up to watch the. I think it's out of a lot of. I'm thinking actually of uh, she, of of yellow she ribbon. Wore yellow ribbon. And stagecoach. I think both of those. I mean, there's so many of those shots. Of, that of, shot like, right, of the woman running to see the, the low show. angle pullback as yeah. she runs forward and grabs onto the railing and yeah. <laughs> And then Brian Dennehy does two great thing, great th things. The um, with his fingers, like right before he stands up, he kind of goes like that. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a little, uh, and I don't know what it is, but it it has a real, like, getting ready kind of feel yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah. And then he gives this look around. As he stands up, he looks at the sky and looks, and and it it it. To, I almost hear a voice saying, "Today is a good day to die," like that kind of yeah. taking a last what might be my last look around at the sky and the world before. Mm -hmm. And how they both say goodbye to each other. Yeah, I love that. They both say yeah. goodbye. Yeah, because um, it is. Whoever dies, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> whichever way it goes down. Yeah. Of course, the, the, one of the first shots in the movie is the John Ford doorway shot. You know, I mean, he's got that in there right away, yeah. going through the doors, you know. Um, so many amazing stunts. The horse work is incredible. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I haven't enjoyed, I just haven't like simply enjoyed sitting back and 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 watching letting a movie kind of roll over me like that I, in a long time and it also really feels like this at this point uh like a like a classic american movie yeah there's something about it that feels like you could be watching the searchers or watching wizard of oz almost like it really has that level of of class about it in a way like how 
how beautifully handmade it is and how i mean it was we, people were still shooting on film in the 80s it, it, you know obviously through the 90s and they still are but like i think we took for granted a certain kind of beautiful prestige you know hollywood movie yeah. at that time because so many of them were there but by comparison to a lot of films we see today it's just got so much character and and it was so much harder to make waiting for the light to change like every time that turn the camera on it's magic hour in this movie it's like yeah. it's beautiful like clouds they they could have the time to wait for that stuff you know yeah just uh just complete pleasure you know and there's things that are campy and maybe like they rush through some stuff that maybe could have had a little bit more meat on its bones but at the end of the day you're still left with all the positive feelings yeah the only thing I, like i wanted a little more i mean i love the 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 kevin costner moment of shooting the two guys backing out of the saloon and shooting the two guys but i wanted more from jeff fahey's death than that i'll like, give I, you that Okay. I wish it had been somebody else that that Kevin Costner did that. I, right. I wanted I wanted the death the the shootout with Fahey to be more. He needed a bigger. He was such a bad dude. Yeah, he needed he, a bigger he, come he up. Had it, he had it coming. He yeah, had, he really had it coming to him. Yeah, I I'll, then, I'll agree with that. And then the only other question I had about any kind of. Um, for uh, and there, I'm sure there's a reason for it just because it had to be done that way. But the four of them riding into town at the end, if if there's before the shootout, before the, before the shootout there's Brian Tenney and like eight deputies. And I don't know why the deputies aren't shooting at them. As they, it's like it's like they say, "Well, we need them all to ride into town for the rest of the movie to happen, so we're all going to hide and let them ride into town, and then have the other shootouts." Well, yeah, I, I it, it is actually something that they skate by. They, yeah, you know, they hope so they don't logistically, notice. Brian well, Denny would say, "Let's all shoot them as they come into town." But here's the conundrum. I mean, I can really easily see the conundrum. Another classic is that town that's out in the middle of the desert with nothing right. around. Nothing around. Like Tatooine in Star Wars. Like it's yeah. like just this place. Um, or most, you, you know. And there's no. So if you want that town. There's no way no you can't you're gonna be seen coming in like they're gonna right. see you yeah so I could see him being like oh hell with it let's okay. just let's yeah. just, okay. okay. we just gotta skate by yeah. it and, and and hope nobody brings it up and here I am being a jerk and bringing it up yeah, yeah. but that's because uh, they don't sneak in in the middle of the night they don't you know no, and they, they just ride in while yeah. eight deputies wait for them and then they have all the shootouts. But by the time that happens, I think there's little things that have happened like that all throughout. So yeah. in that way, that's just it's all it's very Star Wars in that way, where it just it's constantly buoyant. And if there's something that doesn't quite ring true or is it quite believable, something else is happening immediately after. You know, it's just yeah. constantly inventive. Uh, 
and and just full of wonderful performances honestly like who who's not who's not doing some of their best work in this movie nobody everybody's good in it i, I mean it, and everybody's kind of doing something different like than they usually kind of do like i don't think when 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 would danny glover get to play a cowboy in a movie other than this right. film at that time you know yeah when would you know scott glenn wasn't getting like romantic leading parts back then no um kevin klein wasn't a tough guy at no. all no and he's so wonderful in this yeah you know really. what i'm watching when when i get back to new york you know what i'm watching with mom because she's never seen it what in and out oh really oh she's gonna love she's it you've never seen that she's gonna, she's gonna love it. she's gonna and Joan Cusack, I'm I'm afraid that mom might actually pass out. She's from gonna, she's gonna she have to be, yeah, she's gonna yeah. have to be sedated after that. Um, oh, she's gonna flip out. I can't believe yeah. she's never seen that. She's never seen it. Um, Great Dad, movie. Dad showed that movie to me. I didn't know about it. He yeah. he turned me on to it. Love that movie. And Kevin so Carter. so many great New York actors in that film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Zach Orth as a kid basically as a kid i don't remember who zach worth is but that's uh that shouldn't i don't want zach you to feel know, bad you know him from like the voiceover days he's like one of those guys you saw in the rooms all the time voiceover days <clears throat> remember there was a thing called voiceover no no i don't yeah i don't remember that what did you talk about stuff you talked about yeah you talked over people like somebody would be talking and you'd 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 ignore them and talk over them and they call oh, it voiceover. Is this yeah. a voiceover? Are we doing one now? <laughs> Sometimes. Okay. When we both start talking at the same time, <laughs> voiceover. Um, should we should we talk about some food? Why not? We we've talked a long time about this movie and I can we talk have. for hours about it. I but, had um, um, I had one success and one epic fail this week really give me the let's hear the let's hear the let's hear the good news first i want to end on a end on <laughs> you want to end on my my embarrassment i think it's better for the for the show <laughs> okay okay well the well both of these things are sort of shameful you know okay. how i am a big fan of of silly weird um oh here's a stupid recipe thing you can do of some trashy okay. comfort food type right. thing right? take a bag of dipsy doodles and some mustard caps and then you right. yeah like frito pie is one of my yeah. favorite things in the world mix yeah. some zots with celery and <laughs> right so um uh cheeseburger pie which is basically a Betty Crocker Bisquick recipe. So it's like a shepherd's pie. Similar to a shepherd's pie. So you take some uh, ground beef, a pound of ground beef, a pound, uh, a one large onion, chop up that onion, saute them all together, then drain the ground beef, and then put it in a, um, a glass pie plate. And then you sprinkle cheddar cheese on top of it. 
and then you put your Bisquick mix. You make Bisquick, you know, half a cup of Bisquick, a cup of. I don't know, but I'm I'm learning. Bisquick, half a cup of Bisquick, cup of milk, two eggs, beat it up. The Bisquick song. Sorry. What? The, the Bisquick. Bisquick. Yeah. And pour it on top of the. You've got the meat with onions, and you can put, you know, I put some garlic powder, onion powder, and Worcestershire sauce in with the beef. Sure. Okay. Then a cup of cheddar, shredded cheddar cheese, and then the Bisquick on top of it, and then you bake it for um, you bake it for about a half an hour. The recipe will be on the website, so if you've subscribed to our, uh, if you've subscribed to do the you have newsletter, a picture of it, or or I do have a picture of it. Oh. It comes out of the oven looking like that, it's like a quiche, doesn't it? It looks like a quiche. Um, but then it looks like, uh, like I'll show you a slice of it. Um, a slice of it was, um, oh no, where is the slice? Oh, here it is. That is a slice of cheeseburger. Cheeseburger pie. And you can put some ketchup on that, some steak sauce. It was Here's the thing that was not good about it is that I sat down for dinner and ate slightly more than half of that pie. That's not good. You shouldn't do that. It was so good. It's about a half a pound of beef and about a, three pounds of cheese. That Bisquick honestly makes a nicer looking uh, crust than I thought it would. Right. I don't mean to be disparaging about Bisquick. I just never used it. So I don't know. So it was really good. Okay, what so went then, wrong, Matthew? What went wrong? What went wrong? What went wrong was because I have a teenage daughter. Yes. And I spend a lot of time on the internet and I follow her. She sends me things on TikTok. Oh, the TikTok. TikTok and and various videos. And so I've I would not I don't know that I would know about the little world of the little five minute food hack videos where it's these little videos of just they don't actually have the recipe written out they just show you a video of somebody doing something weird in a non-stick pan yeah and i watch the video and i think this looks really good uh -huh. well i don't realize that they've practiced it for yeah. a week cut to your fire alarm going off and running down the hallway right yeah, yeah. so um here's uh i'm going to show you the where i was making it um so here's the idea is uh, I'll show you the idea and then how it turned out. Okay. So the idea it was you take a um, you take a slice of bread, right? And you cut it in thirds and you cut a hot dog. Yeah, I actually, I'm looking at Lincoln logs right now. I don't know what. <laughs> so you slice a piece of bread in thirds. And I took, they did it with hot dogs. I did it with a chicken jalapeno sausage from Trader Joe's. Gotcha. You cut that in half. I cooked it. I browned it and then cut it in half. And then you put um, skewers through so that you, and then you cut like that. Okay. And right? then you take, a, when do you take the Band-Aid? When, when do you put the Band-Aid on that? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so you basically have these three skewers of... Bread, sausage, bread, sausage, bread. 
Then you take cheese and put it in a nonstick pan and melt it sort of like a frico. Mm -hmm. And then you lay one of these on that melted cheese. And in the video, they have it, it all flipped really nicely onto it. Oh. it out, and you had sort of this thing wrapped in cheese and it looked really delicious. Little cheese popsicle. Little cheese sausage bread popsicle just looked fantastic so, so i thought i would try it and actually what you know what you're seeing here is um so this is this is mine this is what i did these three things are me doing my attempt this is a clip from the video of how they theirs turned out looks pretty good doesn't it you'd eat that i i would yeah right the one on the right Eat that. The one on the right. So this was me getting ready to make it, and I'm melting some Swiss cheese. Uh, but it came out like um... <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's not mine. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> That's amazing. That is a complete mess. I'm sorry. Was it, a it seems like it was a structural problem as well as a melting it problem. It was really just not happening. Um, it may have been Swiss cheese was the wrong thing to do. I, I, I don't know. I think you picked bread that was that was going to crumble on you, too. I think if you took to maybe a baguette. A baguette, something structural. thicker. And more cheese. Yeah, and, maybe. And, uh, but I do have to tell you, I ate it anyway, and it tasted awesome. You ate it with a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, sit there and make fun of me. Did you have a food triumph this week? You know, I didn't really have a triumph. I, I, I didn't. I was thinking I was going to have kind of an embarrassment. It, it wasn't bad, but I tried a couple of recipes I found something um, that I liked. Maybe I can share this and give it a whirl. Share screening. Share screen sharing. Um, yes. Okay. Let's application. Uh, I don't know what to how to do it. I can't figure it out. Um. Anyway, read I read an article about uh, a certain kind of corn. I'm a big fan of corn. I love corn on the cob. Uh-huh. And uh, I read this uh, recipe about what, what they what they said was a pretty traditional, like, Midwestern way to do it, uh, where you uh, poach the corn, really simmer it in, in milk, water, and butter instead of just water. And apparently when you take it out and salt it, it's got, it's just all done for you. Like there's no thing needed. And usually I, I don't really need a lot on corn. I think corn is great without anything. Not good corn. Yeah. You don't need a lot on good corn, but this was kind of fun. It wasn't as much like I thought there'd be a lot more to this. Like it didn't taste that much different than if you put a little butter and salt on it yourself after you cooked it. But, um, what, what was different about it is that the corn that you left in there, like just keeping kind of warm in the, in the, in this bath, 
you know, you get your corn after you eat a ear of corn, you go I get some. Put, Tony, I don't put corn in my bath. You're missing out. <laughs> it's a, it's a really good exfoliant loofah. <laughs> um, it's it, the, if you let it sit there for a while, ma more magic happens. So it's really? kind of it's okay. kind of work. I'm gonna have to give that a try. And then I made um, a, like a, a simple pan roasted chicken breast, but it was a. Uh, I really wish I could share this with you. I don't know why I can't do it. Share screen. Right. My entire then, screen, or just an application? You just go to the application, and yeah. then you can scroll down to the particular picture that you want to share. Yeah, it's not giving me that option for some oh. reason. Then just do your whole screen. All right, I'll share my whole screen. Shit. Just Shit. don't have don't have your bank account information there. Um, can you see my screen? Not yet. Then you have to hit after you picked your screen. Oh, here. There, I added it to the stream. Ah, there we go. All right, so that is a uh, like a, uh, a, a the mixture bef before it's cooked that you um, that you add to the to the pan after the chicken's been browned. You take it out and you uh, deglaze it with some chicken stock after you've browned the chicken breast, and you put into the this chicken stock this mixture of uh, parsley lemon uh lemon peel that's very finely chopped up uh-huh garlic and fresh thyme and that smell i just wanted to show you that because that smells better than anything i've ever that is one of the best smelling things i've you could ever imagine wow and um so you put that in the in the in the stock you cook it for a couple of minutes and then you put the chicken back in there and coat it and let it kind of come together there for a little while quite good i i didn't make enough i think i could have doubled the the sauce and you know that would have been a good idea but it, so it was a promising start i i, I liked the that flavor a lot you know um i i don't want to disappoint you but when i because uh, our viewers probably know I'm, I'm about I'm going to drive cross country in a week and a half to stay with our mom, right out the rest of the pandemic with mom. Yep. Uh, that is probably going to require me to by and large class up my food game a little bit. Because I don't think mom's going to be down for eating the. Oh, I I found this really cool Twinkie chili cat. She's not, not going to fall for Frito pie more than like once as a novelty. <laughs> yeah, no. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to fancy it up. You know, she's got the grill though, so you can grill. I'm gonna be doing some serious grill, and I'm bringing my meter. Do you know about the meter? Nope. I have a a device called a meter. It's M E A T E R. I thought it was it, gonna be something cute like that. Yeah, it's a Bluetooth, a wireless Bluetooth oh, thermometer that comes with an app. There's an app on your phone. And so you you program in what cut of what kind of meat it is, what cut and what level of doneness you want. And you insert that Bluetooth probe into the steak That's or the chicken or whatever it is. 
and you and it tells you when to take it out and how that's, long to rest it. Your really phone, cool. just, your phone just walks you through the cook. My, my cooking game went up like twenty percent the minute I got a digital read thermometer, just a digital read yeah. thermometer. But that's yeah, incredible. You, you got to have it. Yeah, you can't. And, I mean, you really can't cook meat <clears throat> if you're talking about cooking meat the proper way. You, you just can't eyeball that. You, and you do, I'm sure you know about this or because uh, I learned this when I was working in a bar and one of the chefs like sort of took me under his wing a little bit and taught me some stuff. You know about mise en place, right? The, the gesundheit. <laughs> Merci beaucoup. Mise en place is, it, it, it's like it, the key to, to making all of your cooking easier. It's just French for put in place. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I do. I'm kidding. But I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of that, and I'm, yeah. I'm very, I'm, I'm very much that guy. Like, yeah, I have the individual dishes, the little monkey dishes, yeah. yeah, the yeah. little ramekins and all that. Yeah. Everything beforehand, and it's then the key, when you're it's cooking. the key to enjoying it, and yeah. that, and keep it, and and like I've watched enough, you know, ugly, delicious, and cooking shows, David Chang shows to know. You keep your stuff clean, like keep it constantly, constantly getting your yep. surface organized and clean. Clean as you go. It makes it just so it's just so much more fun. Yeah, I think that, I think people that uh, hate cooking really just didn't learn the skills of of upkeep because it's always fun after you do that. Yeah, and there's simple little tricks that just make it easy and enjoyable. Yeah, like cook your food. Put on a plate, eat it. Like fry that cheese and wrap, fry it up. wrap your breadstick in it. Fry it up. <laughs> well, oh, uh, next week. Oh yeah, we've picked our we picked our next week's uh, uh, excitement. Yeah. Did you did you, you did you get a, did you get a call from somebody? I did I know not you're... get a call from. I could okay. try it again right now. Uh, well, this is all about the idea that we could pick a film that maybe Matthew knows somebody in it and could come on the show next week. I'm just going to give him a call right now, see if I'll, I get do it. Because no. I told him I had to know by 7 o'clock, so maybe he didn't call back. 7 o'clock my time, not your time. Right. Maybe he doesn't like you, is what he you're trying to say. No, Tell I'm getting him. voicemail again. No, so he's, yeah. we're not doing it. For, you know what? We're not doing yeah. that movie at all. We're not doing that movie next week. Next he's week. Up. He can't. Everybody in that movie is disappointed because he failed you. You blame he him. failed us. Um, so next week it's going to be Nighthawks, yes? Nighthawks. Nighthawks so, starring Sylvester Stallone and Rutger Hauer. Yes. Like Tears in Rain. You may ask uh, if you're there at all, which I highly doubt. Uh, why Nighthawks? Come on. Really? Why Nighthawks? <laughs> you haven't been paying attention if you why, have to ask. Yeah. Why Nighthawks? Um, so thank you for watching. And uh, please spread the word about this show. Uh, we have a great time. We're hoping other people enjoy watching it. 
as much as we enjoy doing it. See, the thing that's really fun for us about doing this show is that if we weren't doing this show, we'd be having this exact same conversation anyway. Yeah. We don't, I mean, we haven't put any work into this at all. Yeah. We just, we just do this anyway. So this basically, this show basically came out of what we were doing every week during the pandemic to survive. Just keeping us, this is just to keep our heads together here. This is yeah. Matthew and I do this to keep ourselves sane and yeah. if it helps anybody else keep sane even for five minutes. Well, that's, that's great. That's good enough for us. But we have to keep doing this for our own therapeutic needs. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. We're at, we should actually pay you to let us. Do hey, it. take it easy. What is this? We didn't talk about any of that. So, um, uh, but please spread the word. Please subscribe. Remember to click the bell icon so that you get notifications. Oh, and uh, Monday on my show, Tips. Uh, what's my show called? Tips and Techniques for Actors, Authors, and Storytellers. My guest is going to be Robert Curtis Brown, who has... I think like 166 guest star. Basically, if you look at his IMDb, IMDb page, it's just a list of every television series since 1978. Right. And it's, he, it is basically just the television IMDb catalog. Yeah, he, he's been on it. He uh, but uh, if you are if you are fans of um, uh What's Was he on the, Magnum? I think he, I don't know that he's that old. Um, but if you're uh, fans of, uh, what's the show with the science fiction show with the sisterhood and the, the hats, the no babies. Dude, I don't, I can't help you. I can't, I, I can't help you. Help me. Viewers. It's a big series now. The science fiction, Margaret Atwood. Um, oh, oh, God. I thought you were talking about a comedy for some reason. No. The Handmaid's Tale. The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, He's my God. The yeah. Handmaid's Tale. Oh, okay. so this is um, a serious actor. I didn't. I thought yeah. we were talking about like some yeah. no, he, crazy he was, friend of yours from college. He, who was, was, he was in. Um, he was in Trading Places. I think he was one of the rich kids at the beginning of Trading Places. Um, terrific actor. We did uh, all, he played J. Edgar Hoover in All the Way when I did All the Way at South Coast Rep. Sweetheart of a guy, wonderful actor. Very You're going to talk to him about his, career, his acting and his career. and Talk to him about his acting and his career. He was on Supernatural. If he, so he, he, knows Rob. he may know Rob. He was on that. Um, and uh, so he's going to be a guest on Monday, 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern. Um, and uh, he also is a lover of food. We're going to do a little talking about the Langers number 19. I feel a little jealous. I'm going to be totally Have you ever had the Langers number 19? No, I don't know what that is. Langers is the best deli here in L.A. With Better than like Greenblatt's? Different. It, they they make their own pastrami. They're oh, famous, hardcore. Oh, okay. famous for their pastrami. And they have a sandwich called the number 19, which is a, a twice-baked corn rye pastrami Swiss coleslaw and Russian. I want you to think about this strong. I really need you to think about this for a second. The reason I haven't experienced that is because you didn't take me. 
well this is on you this is all completely on you when the war is over we're going okay. there. the next time you come out to la yeah, it's a little embarrassing to be called out on a national television well a national sh on a this show is a national, this is this isn't a national television show this is a it's worldwide an, it's an international worldwide show yeah. Yeah. It's a little tough getting called out for like not even knowing what the best deli would be in LA. And I wouldn't know that unless you took me um, when I was in LA. So who's so, fault okay. is this? Well, it's, it, it's, yeah, I will take you to Langer's the next time you come here. I would like to experience that. It's pretty crazy. Maybe they can actually like FedEx a, a pastrami sandwich on dry I ice. I think they do FedEx like kit, uh, the kit. I'm online right now. I, can I do think that. they will send you all of the fixings for the number 19. A corning kit. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, uh, I love doing this with you. This is so much fun. I love it. Too. I don't care if nobody watches it ever. I, 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 there's some people I hope aren't watching, but that's, that's just that's private. true. Yeah. All right, so we are going to roll our incredible end credit sequence. And uh, we will see you next week for Nighthawks. Next week, Nighthawks, it is. All right. Good night, everybody. Enjoy your food, man. Eat some garbage. <laughs> okay, I probably will. You've been listening to the Arkin Brothers talk about movies. That's my brother, Matthew Arkin. And that's my brother, Anthony Arkin. And we are interesting, irreverent, and irrelevant. But you can follow us on Instagram anyway. You can also subscribe to our newsletter and check out our merch. And you can do it all on our website. Just follow the link on your podcast app. Or if you really want to stalk us, head over to arkinbros.com. You'll learn more about us than anyone would ever want to know.